brought to you by St. Clair Health, expert care from people who care. Hello, today we are here at the Outreach Teen and Family Services Office. I'm Sarah. And I'm Madeline. We are here today with Mr. Todd Franco, the head team physician for the Pirates in the Chartiers Valley High School, and Mr. Todd Tomzik, the director of sports medicine for the Pirates. Welcome to you both. So, Mr. Franco, Mr. Tomzik, now we're going to do the fast five icebreaker questions. Are you ready? Sure. <laughs> Let us have it. <laughs> okay. First one, where did you grow up? Uh, actually in Pittsburgh. So I grew up in uh, Brentwood and then moved away to Erie, PA, and now I'm back in Mount Lebanon. Great. Grew up in Bethel Park. Bethel Park. Okay. All right. What got you involved in sports? That's always a challenging question. I think, you know, sports were obviously a part of most of our lives, those that, you know, continue to work in in the sports uh, realm some way. Um, So for me, it was just participating as a young kid, played a lot of baseball, uh, a little bit of football, um, but mostly baseball. And it just became part of my life all the way through college. And then now I've integrated into my life. So similar path to Dr. Franco, just love being outside, was exposed to being outdoors and playing sports as a child through my parents um, and, and through my brother uh, and just love being outside, love, love moving, love the, the whole idea of competition and movement. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really the journey. Yeah. Um, okay. Two different questions, very similar, but very different in my opinion. Um, favorite game to watch and favorite game to play? Wow. Sports game? Yeah, sports game. I would say probably my favorite sport to watch is typically football. I'm a big fan of football. I think it's just exciting to watch. There's always action. To play, you know, I mean, I would still say baseball, but, I mean, I'm old now, and so it <laughs> doesn't work quite as well as it used to. But um, I would say, you know, I, I also enjoy racquetball. I think that's a fun sport. Did you – steal my answer there did you know i was gonna say racquetball no i thought you were just gonna say i like to run (laughs) (laughs) so favorite sport to watch i'm supposed to say baseball right no i'm kidding no you don't have to say baseball (laughs) no truthfully favorite sport to watch is baseball i just love the 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 cerebral aspect of it there's more than just the hitting see the ball hit the ball there's the strategy behind it so definitely watch would be baseball to play i would be basketball Oh, okay. Oh, I like the variety here. That isn't, That's yeah. surprising. Interesting, <laughs> interesting yeah. take. All right, last one. Favorite activity that isn't sports-related? Hmm. Well, favorite activity. I don't know. I mean, I would say probably um, going out to dinner with my wife and kids. That's, I think that's enjoyable. Um you know, I mean, I don't get a ton of time with them now, so I think that's really important for me. I'd rather do that. I mean, I enjoy golfing, but that's such an independent thing. I'd much rather just hang out with them. Yeah, I, I would ditto what Doc said, probably hang out with the family. Uh, two little girls. Uh, don't get to see a whole lot of them. Come spending more time with Dr. Franco at work, um, but just, <laughs> just hanging with the family. Yeah, cool. I think those are very good answers. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we would like to thank St. Clair Health for being our annual sponsor. At St. Clair Health, we're always improving, building on our commitment to face the challenges of today, making an impact on the communities we serve so we can be stronger together. St. Clair Health, expert care from people who care. So now to get into the meat of the podcast, um, coming from an athletic background myself, 
I'm well aware of the strong connections between athletic performance and mental health. You know, I've been a swimmer for 10 years, and in all of the time that I've spent around such a competitive and um, mentally difficult sport, I've come witness to many of my peers bending under the pressure and falling off as a result of their own emotions. I'm sure that's true for not only swimmers as well. I'm sure that's true for all sports. Um, I think competitiveness comes into play in all sports. You know, sports can be very competitive. And um, you both, I know that you both work in athletic fields, so you presumably are around athletes a lot. Um, do you think mental health plays a large role in athletics? Yeah, I mean, there's no question. I mean, you know, not only just from, you know, what people typically think of, of sort of mental health as far as sports psychology and just being ready to participate and in, in play in the game, but there's a large piece of this, as, as I'm sure we'll talk about today, that's not only just the part of the game, but there's just their personal life and the anxieties that we deal with individually and, and the stresses of the family. And there's so many components to that, and particularly the the people that are most vulnerable are those college athletes and then young professional athletes that are in the prime age for mental health difficulties and anxiety and depression and all the things that we talk about that I think it's so important that, you know, for me, it's nice to see that becoming the forefront of what we're dealing with with athletes. There's a big push at large conferences and conversations of sports medicine training to focus on mental health piece. And, and that piece is so vital, not only performance, but also just for individual success. So to build upon what Doc said a little bit and take a little little different twist, unfortunately, I think uh, with youth sports and how this has just just evolved and just exploded over time, and and the pressures that um, subconsciously and subconsciously that that parents put upon our kids uh, to play year-round baseball, to play a year-round sport, it is causing a lot of this anxiety in these young athletes that I need to do this and I need to do that or I'm, I'm going to be viewed at this. And, and, and that, to me, has, has a huge impact on high school athletes, collegiate athletes, professional athletes. So really beginning in the youth, when sports should be fun, sports should be about moving, sports should be about camaraderie and teamwork. Um, unfortunately, at least in my experiences, it's, it's the exact opposite. And But we do have an opportunity to, to redirect and re reroute um, some of the visions of some some of these youth youth programs. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think from what I've seen in my community, especially like starting young too, like there's a lot of push to start young and to do it year round. And it's there's there is a lot of pressure on on young athletes. And it is sad to see because I, I agree with what, what you were saying. It, when when you're younger, it shouldn't I mean of, of course it's it's good to you know, being competitive and wanting to, to, to do your best is, is great. But when you're young, you know, it, it, you're, you're a kid and there's so much time for all of that pressure and intensity. So, yeah, I, I definitely, um, I've played a couple sports growing up, most notably cross country track and swimming. And, um, my mental health was, I have a lot of experience with my mental health affecting my sports performance because um, especially in high school, when I was swimming for um, my high school team, my mental health was at an all time low and I would get horrible stomach aches like before practice, eighth period history, I'd be sitting there and my stomach would just like, I would feel awful just with the anxiety of, of going to swim. And that constant anxiety was such a barrier to 
you know, not only my performance in the sport, but also in my, in my life, you know? Um, and I like what Sarah was saying earlier about the competitive aspect, because um, that mental, your mental health can really help affect your view on that as well. If you're not in a good place with your mental health, you view competitiveness and sports and really everything in such a different way that can really impact your, your whole life, I think. Yeah, I also liked what you guys said about the, the parents thing, because um, I remember when I was really little, I used to swim for a YMCA and that was only in the winters. And I was actually peer pressured into swimming year round. Um, and I wouldn't change that because I do like swimming year round now. But, you know, at the time, I think it was really detrimental to me because when I was about 12, I actually almost quit like completely mm. the sport. I just gave up. It wasn't fun anymore because I was looking past the kind of social aspect of the sport, which now I see is so valuable, that kind of team aspect, you know, just being around other kids doing the same sport. It's it's valuable to have at a young age. And I completely looked past that and just looked at the, this is the yards, you're going to work, and then you're going to go home, you're going to eat, and you're going to sleep, and you're going to do it again tomorrow morning. And I almost quit. Thank goodness I didn't because, you know, I'm very lucky to be where I am now. But yeah, I think it's definitely peer pressure is definitely an issue. I think I think peer pressure is an issue. I think, you know, parental pressure, I think coaching pressure. I mean, you can define pressure in many different ways. But, you know, burnout is at an all time high, not only with young athletes, but it's also you see that in collegiate athletes and people, you know, lose their interest in sport, maybe not lose their interest, but lose their desire to continue to participate at that level. And because they're just again, burnt out, right? They're fatigued, they're tired, they need a break, but there is no break at certain levels. And, and I think, you know, it starts, you know, like Todd is talking about at such a young age, because there is such a push, not only for mental health, but physical health. Well, we see so many injuries that we never saw in young athletes happening earlier and the same thing for mental health issues. And I think, you know, it's not uncommon, as you said, to have physical manifestations of that mental health difficulty with anxiety and depression manifesting in some type of physical ailment, whether it's nausea like you had or whether it's something else, you know, whether it's, you know, pain or whatever that may be. Um, and I think oftentimes we don't think about that, even as physicians, we don't think about that. Um, but it's such an important piece to kind of drill down into because that plays a huge role, not only in their success on the field or off the field, but just as human beings. Yeah, first of all, thank you for both sharing your, your journeys and stories. Um, I just I just felt for you guys when you were sharing because that, that was hard. But as you've all probably experienced, awareness is key. Being aware that you get upset or your stomach gets upset when you're you're about to compete, that, that's your body saying, all right, I'm getting ready to compete. How do I manage that? And I, I don't know. Hopefully you had coaches and great support. <laughs> so you probably did to navigate you through that. But some athletes don't and some kids don't. So to, to bring the awareness to that and to talk about it, to destigmatize that it's okay to feel not okay right before a competition and, and then seek out strategies how to navigate through that. And, and so kudos to both of you for identifying and being aware and, and, and obviously sharing. So that, that's awesome. I, I hope, and I'm sure you are in this, in this program, you, you continue to share that knowledge as well. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, just speaking for myself, that's definitely my goal is to share as as much of my experience as I can to help other people. Um, because I, I just think it just wasn't talked about enough. I didn't hear from another person on my swim team, like, 
who had those those same and I know not everyone struggles with it in the same way but I didn't hear about their struggle at all and I was like oh my gosh am I the only one feeling this and like just the constant anxiety so it was yeah that's definitely my goal I and I think one of our goals here um for this committee is to destigmatize um all this conversation surrounding mental health I think it's really important yeah absolutely just to to bring awareness to stuff that really needs to have awareness brought to it like you know athletic mental health I would like to pause and thank St. Clair Health for their generosity in sponsoring the first season of Teens Tap In. At St. Clair Health, we're always improving, building on our commitment to face the challenges of today, making an impact on the communities we serve so we can be stronger together by creating reliable resources that recognize all of our neighbors with access to the highest quality healthcare, advanced care close to home, and a shared humanity that delivers on our joint vision to create a healthier community for all. St. Clair Health, expert care from people who care. Okay, so now on to the other section of this podcast. Um, I know that personally me, I like exercising. I will go to the gym. If anybody says, do you want to go to the gym with me? I will go to the gym because, you know, I can see it. It's, it's just so positive on me. It's You can use it as an outlet. You can use it as a way to kind of get away if you need to get away, just to be with your own thoughts. Obviously that could be a negative thing, but for me, it's a positive thing. Um, do you think that, you know, exercising and just staying, you know, in touch with yourself, your body and that, do you think that could have a positive influence on mental health? Uh, I think with that question, let me take this one. First yeah, this is you. <laughs> because I call doc after a run in the morning because I get my endorphins and what I need to accomplish during the day. And although I may be frustrated at what I need to do at times, the exercise, the movement, I will immediately call Dr. Franco. How am I going to challenge my day? Hey, doc, here's what I'm thinking. Doc, here's what I'm going to do. Now he'll, he'll say he, he loves it. He'll support it. <laughs> but it, to your, to the, my point being is yes, in a positive manner, exercising, it, it, it really gets the, the chemicals in my brain to prepare me for the day to accomplish the tasks at hand. Yeah, I mean, I think there's so much, so many studies out there that support the benefits of exercise, not only from physical perspective, from just a mental health perspective. And I think there's no question in my mind that appropriate use of physical activity, physical fitness is extremely beneficial for anxiety, depression, overall well-being. I, I think the data is, is plenty supportive of that. There is a line, of course, as you referenced, right, where it becomes almost its own set of psychological circumstances, right, that contribute to more anxiety. And I think that's the fine line that some athletes have to watch, right? And because, and it's our job as people in the medical field and people taking care of these athletes to identify those things. Um, It's hard for an individual just out in public who doesn't have, you know, some of the mental health training or things that even you guys have that to identify those types of things, right? But there's just as much pathology on the far end of exercise as there is previous. But I think there's no question that exercise is critical at maintaining good health, mental health, both stress and anxiety and depression. Yeah, I mean, I hate to admit this, especially to you guys, but um, (laughs) I'm not the biggest fan of exercise at all. Um, To be quite honest, I'm not either. (laughs) Thank you, I feel a lot better. (laughs) We're working on that. <laughs> I need to work on it. It's something I'm working on, but 
it hasn't been easy, that's for sure. Um, but I just, I have to agree with like, with the research, with the facts, you know, like I, because it's just having that like as a consistent part of your schedule, um, as you were saying before, like there's so many different aspects to um, moving your body that that benefit you that you wouldn't even really consider right off the bat. Um, having that structure in your day, like if you go to the gym every morning, that's a great thing to, to, to wake up and do because it gives you, especially with your if you're struggling with something like depression, it gives you a, a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Um, and, you know, moving your body with the release of endorphins, it's, it's just, I'm a very like scientific minded person. So when I look at evidence, like that speaks to me. And so that, and then also when you're participating in sports, as Sarah was saying, like the social interaction with your peers and for most sports being outdoors, not e even if you were to just stand stationary out in the sun, the sun gives you tons of benefits. Um, and I think also having that common goal with your peers to work toward, there's just so many great um, things about being on a team um, and moving your body. Um, personally, I, was in marching band, and I know not many people consider that a sport. It I is. could sit here and talk about how I think it is all day, but I won't. Um, it is. <laughs> it, it, it's hard. It, it is really hard. And I think, you know, standing in that sun all day, it's like sometimes you're just like, oh, my gosh. But I think the, the, the big thing that kept us all going was, like, we have a job to do. And all of us are out on this field, and we're all here playing, and we're all here participating, and we're all working towards this goal. And I think it's such a beautiful thing, too. That, yeah. It's, you know? that, that common goal, I think, is what keeps a lot of people going. It's that drive. Yeah. If I, I didn't have that drive back when I was 12 and I almost quit, but now I have it, and that's why I stuck with it. Um, it almost creates a, some, a sense of self-discipline, which is really, really, really valuable to have, especially – um, you know, at my age, because those are the habits that are going to stay with me for the rest of my life. And it's good to build that now more than ever. And hey, you could you could do that at 50. You could do that at 30 years old. It's, it's never too late to find that self-discipline, get out there and go for a walk even, you know. Yeah. And I, I wanted to ask you both, with everything we've been talking about, how do you see this relate to the people you work with, the professionals? Yeah, I mean, look, when we can speak to, you know, I mean, we've had issues even this year where we've had to, to manage mental health crises without getting into too much detail. But, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's interesting because people look at, you know, so we're lucky enough to be a part of, you know, athletes that are playing at the highest level, right? Professional baseball, professional, whichever sport you participate in. But for us, it's baseball. And, you know, we all view these individuals as, you know, they're elite and they're so they're untouchable and they're so know strong and they're all these wonderful things right but at the end of the day they're human beings um and you know working with these individuals much like i said very at the beginning of all this you know these are husbands and and spouses and parents and they have wives and children and grandparents and and you know the normal things that happen in life the normal stresses we deal with people getting sick people passing i mean you know all those sad things happen to these individuals and not only is it happening to them like it does all of us now they have to compete at the highest level and try to put that behind them and participate in a what we view as a sport right but that's their job that's their career and to maintain the level of activity they have to try to manage all of that and that's even more stress than we can think of in a regular 
you know, we all we all deal with stress, but you know, we look at these people that they're they're just so special and untouchable, but at the end of the day, they're no different than us. Their job happens to be a sport. My job is a physician, his job is athletic trainer, you know, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, it's hard to watch sometimes. And these people struggle. And it's it's really exciting to watch. You know, you know, Todd is is you know, one of the main players in the Pittsburgh Pirate organization um, who's really been a very key component to improving the mental health of these athletes. Um, and because of that, you know, I think you can see these things changing. There's individuals like Todd in many organizations, and those people are so vital at changing the mindset, the approach to these players. These players need support, and without that support, they're not going to be successful. And so it falls on us as a medical team to make sure we put that support in, in, in the right place, right? And so these players, just like everybody else, need to have a network around them, not just at home, but at the workplace that's supportive. And I think that's important. Yeah, it, it's funny to listen to Doc talk and even listen to what, what you were saying about your experiences when you were a swimmer and thinking, am I the only one on my team that's feeling that? I will share with you in my experience in 25 years in professional baseball, there's vast majority of these professional athletes are having the same experiences you did as a high school swimmer. They're looking at their buddy and their teammate. Man, am I feeling this way? Are you okay today? They're looking around the room like, Am I allowed to say anything? So as we as we grow as a as a world as a, as a community and we destigmatize what mental health is all about and it's okay not to be okay. If we're teammates, which we are, Dr. Franco, man, I'm, I'm not feeling good today. I'm, I'm just I'm just I need help. That's what we're going for. That's what we're gravitating towards. It's not common yet. It's not common. Unfortunately, it's very uncommon. And we need a very robust, robust network of licensed professionals, of licensed physicians, of certified ethic trainers, of physical therapists, uh, our EAP support. I mean, the family members. We need to continue to grow connections across the organization, across the community at large to support these athletes. And just because we're fortunate enough to deal with the elite athletes on an everyday basis, they have the same challenges and then some. Uh, uh, compared to the, the gen population. I've also noticed, just out of curiosity, because I know um, in swimming and all of the other sports that you know I've ever been involved with, there has never been such a push to destigmatize mental health and athletes than there has been now. In the past year, you know, I visited colleges, obviously, over the summer and last year, too. Um, I was almost like just boom. And we were incorporating, you know, my club, my high school swim team, were incorporating programs that um, helped to destigmatize mental health. And I almost was like, wow, we're getting noticed. Like it was it was a foreign concept to me. Like athletes go through this too. I thought it was just, you know, just just me or just my friend or something. And um, do you think that we're starting to destigmatize this a little more now than we ever have been? Are we like working towards that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely, I mean, we have a long way to go. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. Yeah. I think we are starting to. I think it's becoming more an accepted conversation. Um, again, I don't think all the supports are there. I think we need so much more help from a support perspective, right? We need more psychiatrists and psychologists and mental health professionals all across the board because access is a huge issue, right? I mean, in an organization like the Pittsburgh Pirates and, and many other professional organizations, there's just 
unbelievable amounts of money that can be thrown at this and to build a network. That doesn't exist at a small college or a small professional team or at a high school level. And so organizations like outreach and, and places where there's a lot of conversations about mental health become so important. But yeah, I think it is beginning to, to be less of a sort of stigma kind of thing around uh, mental health, but we have a long way to go and a lot of support and a lot of education. And hopefully we'll get there. Um, I hope so. Yeah, we're scratching the surface. You, you can see in social media that professional athletes through all different sports are are taking taking time off, and and they're they're comfortable with with sharing that. But un- unfortunately, those are the athletes that are financially stable and have long term contracts. But what if it's that twenty sixth individual on the roster that that needs to, to support their family and they're only working for for six weeks? Uh, in an ideal world, we treat mental health no different than we treat uh, how we're examining and and managing an elbow injury um, it, it should be yep this is this issue today and this is going to this professional uh, mental health professional that we're going to the physical therapist for their elbow injury so that's ideal to, uh, to doc's point we're just scratching the surface yeah no i'm <clears throat> excuse me i'm really glad that you both are are in the positions you're in um hearing from from you guys who are in this professional atmosphere that you guys are so like, um, I don't know. I've just agreed with everything you've been saying and it's just really comforting to hear. Just, I know you just met me today, but and I'm just some, <laughs> some girl from around here, but, um, <laughs> I think, I think this will really impact a lot of people just knowing that, you know, the Pittsburgh pirates at least is in good hands, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, so thank I, you. yeah, I appreciate you guys, um, coming on here today and everything too. I'm sure this will be really impactful. So yeah, absolutely. This is really valuable for people to hear. I know um, a lot of my friends that graduated when I was a freshman, I looked up to them. I had a swimmer um, that I was friends with who actually uh, went to Ohio State, which is, you know, Division One, best of the best. And she ended up um, injuring herself and quitting her freshman year mm-hmm. after her injury. And I'm, I'm positive that if she had had resources that they have now and we have now, she would not have let that go because I knew how much she loved the sport. Um, and it was almost disheartening to see that. But now that it's, you know, we're working towards destigmatizing it and normalizing that conversation, like you said, um, it's helping a lot of people, I think, to, to see, okay, it's okay to take off a couple weeks here. I can, I can do that and still be a good swimmer and mm-hmm. a good football player, a good soccer player, a good softball player, you know, anything. Lastly, this podcast would not be possible without the support of St. Clair Health. At St. Clair Health, we're always improving, building on our commitment to face the challenges of today, making an impact on the communities we serve so we can be stronger together. St. Clair Health, expert care from people who care. Thank you so much, both of you, for coming on. Um, We really appreciate it. And thank you to all of our listeners for your support. None of it would be possible without Outreach Teen and Family Services. Next episode, we will be talking with a friend of one of the board members here at Outreach about his experience with mental health. Thank you both for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. The views and opinions expressed in the Teens Tap In podcast represent the opinions of the hosts and their guests. The views and opinions expressed by Outreach Teen and Family Services employees, donors, and volunteers 
are their own and do not necessarily reflect the view of Outreach Teen and Family Services or the show's sponsors. The content here should not be taken as counseling advice. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is unique, please consult your mental health provider or physician for any mental health counseling or other medical questions. The podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including, but not limited to, establishing a standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. If you find any error in any of the content of the podcast, please contact us at podcasts at outreachteen.org. Outreach Teen and Family Services, its sponsors, donors, and partners expressly disclaim any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages whatsoever arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the information presented in this podcast. Please go to www.outreachteen.org to see the complete notice and disclaimer for the podcast episodes.